Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Guys, it's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) My AC broke and I got it fixed. So that's all that matters. Yes, it was a hot 24 hours for Danielle. Yeah. But she survived. She pulled through for you guys. I did. So so thankful that you did. Maybe I am actually dead and I'm just here to haunt this podcast for the rest we can of only life. hope that would be awesome if we I, could we only hope that i die within, well listen <laughs> from a marketing perspective a podcast with a ghost host come on that's fucking Ooh, genius I like that ghost host see for ghost yeah. host look at that it has a catchphrase already okay perfect so hurry up and die already yeah seriously. <laughs> i don't know what um, i'm doing with my life i'm not doing well so ghost you have host. an air conditioner though that's all that matters <laughs> that's your success story yeah it's literally all, all i got <laughs> my ac is fixed and that's my story oh, um i don't have much we kind of wanted to share a little local news story mm-hmm. um so in a town near us called whitby ontario um, a woman went for a walk one night. I her name is Kimberly Black, I believe, yeah. and uh, yep. she her she never came home that night. And her family called nine one one. They didn't find her till the next morning at about ten a.m. And she had been assaulted. Um, she was so brutally beaten. She actually died like five or six times on her way to the hospital, from what the reports are saying. Um, so she's got a long, hard road ahead of her. She did survive um she's obviously not okay but she did survive um and today they announced that they found the suspect and have arrested him and charged him with attempted murder and he's 21 years old 21 years old and to make things even stranger um the family had set up a gofundme for her and the man who almost killed her donated 300 dollars to the gofundme psychopath yeah, no, that that got that got my true crime brain thinking a little bit. I think he's either like enjoying this yeah. and he thinks it's fun and it's funny or he legit like maybe he like has some sort of like split personality and he didn't know that he did that cuz that that's happened. I know someone uh who worked at a a mental facility near us and she would talk to the patients and you're not supposed to ask what the patients are in there for yeah but she asked what one of the patients was in there for <laughs> of course she did and uh he said that he allegedly beat a man with a crowbar in a parking lot and doesn't remember it at all really doesn't remember it. there was like i think they only caught him because of like security footage or something but he claims to like not remember it at all so it is possible that this guy maybe attacked this woman while in some sort of uh altered state yeah Yeah. i don't know it's a very weird story if there's any uh interesting updates we'll try to keep you posted on that but i'm just very glad that they found him uh everyone in the area feels a little bit safer today i think yeah i know a lot of women were saying they didn't want to go for walks until he was found and all that stuff which this kind of lady was just jogging that's all she was doing was just jogging yeah Uh, apparently it's something she does every night and, and it's just a, they are saying it was just a random attack as well like yep. it wasn't he didn't know her yeah there was no relation just absolutely awful yeah so, sorry to be a bummer guys but they found him so there's the good news she's alive she's starting her very long recovery yeah so best wishes to her and um maybe we should post her gofundme just in case um she made a hundred thousand dollars so oh, okay <laughs> i don't know if we need to but if you'd like to <laughs> I think she's good. <laughs> I think she's okay. <laughs> and there's like a whole bunch of other fundraisers and stuff like that. Amazing. That's yeah, awesome. she's. I, I think she's sad. <laughs> okay. 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 It's freaking spooky time. It is. Are you guys ready? Because okay, so you guys have to let me know if you like this kind of story. 
and if you want me to continue with stories like this because i'm I, there's a few more out there that i could probably do and talk i'm so about. curious i am going to talk about the alleged ufo abduction of linda napolitano linda linda she was abducted <laughs> But before I go into this little story, I just want to say that the whole world owes Tom DeLonge a fucking apology. <laughs> because We're so sorry, Tom. <laughs> UFOs are real. And the U.S. government confirmed it, by the way. And did you know that um, Tom, Yeah, they confirmed his video. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Those were Tom's videos. He made yeah. those a big, huge thing. And it's thanks to Tom fucking DeLonge. Yeah. And also, Matt does not do him justice in Blink-182. Yeah, no. Sorry, Tom. Sorry. Most sorry about that. Also, Blink-22. Ooh, you're not that great anymore. I'm sorry. Okay, bye. No, I I used to love going to see them when they came here because they're they're just a fun band. Like, they're not even... I wouldn't even call them, like, top 10 favorite, Mm -hmm. but I saw them almost every time they're here because they put on such a fun show. Yeah. As soon as Tom left, I'm like, nope. Yep. (laughs) Never happening. Nope. Um, so yeah, I want to know what bills they have though that they keep trying to make music with without him. Like, just you guys are like fifty, right? <laughs> like, you're at retirement reunion age. tour bust, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the whole world, y'all owe him uh, an apology. That's all. That's all. I wanted to get that out there before I started. We're sorry, Tom. I'm not sorry because I believed you this whole time. So everyone else should be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely th- thought he uh, lost his marbles a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, I totally believe in aliens. Don't get me wrong. But just the series of events that led up to that made me be like, oh, Tom. But yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tom. <laughs> yeah. You got your first apology from Holly. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure it hurt me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's a book called The Trickster and the Paranormal, which I got a lot of my information from. Um, In this book, there's a chapter on sort of like an analysis of the book, um, Witnessed a True Story of the Brooklyn Bridge UFO Abductions, which is written by Bud Hopkins. Um, So Bud Hopkins does play a role in this, and I'm going to talk about him. Um, He was an author and most notably known for being a UFOlogist. And he's, like, well-known in, like, alien, 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 yeah, alien abductions. <laughs> um, I didn't know UFOologist was a thing. Neither did I. That's a fucking thing. cool. Thing, right? <laughs> Can we be, like, spookyologists? Right? Can I be a winologist? <laughs> you are. You yeah. are a winologist. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so in April of 1989, Linda had written a letter to Bud Hopkins saying she had started reading his book, um, it was like some sort of alien book. I didn't really look too much into that. Um, she had to tell him about this bump she found in her nose 13 years prior to that. Uh, oh. Yeah. Linda said she had never had nose surgery, even though a physician she saw said she must have undergone surgery at some point. Um, but she claims like she didn't. Like she wasn't aware of any surgery. Um, Linda lived relatively close to Bud and he decided to get involved in her, and I quote, case. I guess at this point it was a case. Mm -hmm. um, Because he believed there was, like, legit medical evidence behind her story. Like, she has this random bump in her nose. Must be aliens. Um, Yeah. So Bud had these, like, supportive groups for abductees. But, like, alien abductees. Yeah. So. That's kind of cute. And Linda uh, started attending them. So she started going there and having Mm -hmm. having her fun. Linda lived in a 12th floor apartment in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So New York City. Um, On November 30th, 1989, so about, like, seven months after reaching out to Bud, um, at 3 a.m., Linda woke up to find three aliens standing in her bedroom. Oh. Yeah. Linda... Casual. Yeah, casual. Just like, hello. (laughs) Um, Also, witching hour, of course. So... Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, my gosh. Aliens go by that, too? 
I have no idea, apparently. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Linda claims they were telling her to be quiet, but in like a very weird language. I don't know how she would know that, but she did. Um, <laughs> she, I'm just going to put that out there. So um, she was unable to wake up her husband who was sleeping beside her. Of course, typical. Um, <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> Um, so these aliens then proceeded to levitate Linda out of her 12-story apartment window, and then she was beamed up through a blue and white light into a spaceship. Linda states that while inside the spaceship, these aliens had done experiments on her, including putting a metal rod inside of her nose. She ended oh. up waking up inside of her bed at 5 a.m., so two hours later. Her husband still passed the fuck out. Didn't even wake up. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> Um, now Linda was able to remember all the details of this because, um, so she called Bud and told him about what happened. And a few days later, she actually went, um, through regress, uh, regressive hypnosis. Okay. Um, so during this hypnosis, she was be- able to like recount all of this, like be wow. able to figure out what exactly. Can I just say through. though, imagine getting abducted and getting a nose job. Like how lucky <laughs> girl, like it wasn't a great nose job oh okay yeah. i was gonna say like beam me up and give me some new boobies like i would be so stoked <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what the aliens are here for they're better plastic surgeons than the ones i believe it I, yeah. I would like them to show me yeah <laughs> experiment on holly if you need to go yeah. down here it's fine <laughs> um so in february of 1991 so just over a year later after linda's alleged abduction and i'm gonna say alleged because you really don't know yeah. Um, Bud received another letter, but it wasn't from Linda. It was from Richard and Dan. Dun, dun. Sorry, I had a late joke. I was like, the aliens might sue us if you don't say alleged. <laughs> it came in, like, way late. I'm so sorry. Yeah, aliens, we're not saying you're, like, abductors. Don't sue us. Thank you. They're just living, listening. Okay, like, so sorry. It just, it just popped and I laughed. I love that. I, I, was like, I was like, what are you laughing at about a letter? I was like, it's just Richard and Dan. What's so funny yeah, about that? No. <laughs> Okay, so he got another letter from, and it stated it was from Richard and Dan, and in the letter it said that they were two police officers who were parked under the FDR drive, which I believe is like a highway, and like some parts of this highway are like elevated, so they were like parked under it. Um, So they were undercover and parked there at 3 a.m. on November 30th, 1989, so the same day Linda got abducted. They said that they had seen a, and I quote, large, bright reddish orange object with green lights around its side. They said, they also said that they saw a woman being taken from one of the apartments higher up, accompanied by three strange looking figures. They floated out the window and up into this orange object. They were extremely concerned for the woman and felt terrible for not being able to do anything. They thought about her all year long and wanted to locate her to see if she was still alive and safe and doing all that fun stuff. Um, so they, <laughs> just being alive, man. Just being alive, man. <laughs> um, so they decided to write to Bud about this in hopes he could help. Um, not That's like they're so wild, right? Not like they're cops or anything and find missing people is like literally their fucking job. But here we are. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. So they wrote to Bud and. That's so funny, though, that they both had the same thought. Like, uh, Linda and these guys both had the same thought to write this guy. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's What baffling. are the odds? Um, so, in the letter, they also said that they knew the apartment in the exact window this woman was taken from. 
So right after reading this letter, Bud actually called Linda. I'm going to assume he said something along the lines that I'm going to tell these cops who you are because it's written that he told Linda to maybe expect two officers to show up to her apartment. He mm-hmm. also said not to interact with them because if they do show up, they don't. he doesn't want like the stories to cross. Gotcha. Um, so two days after Linda received that call from Bud, two cops came knocking on Linda's apartment door. It was Richard and Dan. Linda answered and fucking invited them in, even though she was told <laughs> not to. <laughs> Apparently, these cops were really emotional and, like, were happy to see her alive. Linda asked them to meet with Bud in person, but they declined. Like, they didn't want to meet him. Richard had said they said they could write out what they saw that night and also read the state that statement that they wrote out into uh, a tape recorder. So they actually ended up doing this, and the tape was actually sent to Bud. Um, So Bud ended up receiving another letter from these cops. Um, In the letter, it stated that Richard and Dan aren't actually cops at all. They are security officers who were driving a very, and I quote, important political figure to a helicopter pad in lower Manhattan. Their car had stalled under the FDR drive, and that's when they saw Linda being abducted. The letter also states that this political figure saw the abduction as well and this person signed the letter with the words him so that person whoever that person was signed that letter saying hey yeah it's true but only signed it as him so you have no idea interesting um so ufologists have suggested that this person was former secretary general of general of javier wow javier perez de cruella Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> if you guys saw it, I did a whole, like, head turn, like, Yeah, no, it's like a dog, you know, when dogs think and they, like, tilt their head. Yeah. I think it's right. Uh, yeah, I'm going with it. You know what? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, also, this guy, that guy, died this year. He, he, oh, no way. Yeah, he was 100 years old. He died in, like, Holy March fuck. or something. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So, rest in peace to Javier. Um, in My a- dude. Right? In April of 1991... Linda actually claimed she was kidnapped by Richard and Dan. She said she ran into Richard around the block from her apartment, and he asked her to get into his car. She said no and, like, refused. And he Mm -hmm. ended up picking her up and throwing her into the car. Um, Dan was driving the car, and Linda said that they interrogated her um, about the abduction and what happened to her in the spaceship. Apparently, they also took off her shoes to see if she was an alien, because according to them, (laughs) aliens don't have toes. So, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> wild i don't know the toes were the giveaway if yeah. she was the alien <laughs> that's it that's all so you can be an alien but if you have no toes um sorry. yeah um they ended up getting some information from her and just like let her go she ended up doing the hypnosis again and during this she noted that there was another car following them in which she was able to remember the license plate and she oh, got wow. a, she also got a partial license plate of the number of the vehicle that she was like taken in so she got a partial on that one and then the full other license plate of the car that was following i think them. that hypnosis stuff is so cool it's insane I want to try it, but I don't want to know what trauma I'm covering, you know? Right? <laughs> and some t- I was reading that some hypnosis, they kind of try to figure out what you were in a past life. Oh, that's really cool. That's, like, crazy. I was probably, like, a fucking slug or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It's probably so expensive to do that. And they were like, you were a slug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they speak in, like, a creepy fortune teller voice, but they do. But they do. <laughs> they definitely do. So now Bud has reported saying that this license plate has been, like the full license plate, has been traced back to, and I quote, particular agencies. 
but wouldn't express more details. So he didn't say what agency, but he said it's like a certain agency. Like the, like a federal bureau? Yeah. Investigation type of agency? Yep. And by the way, this case is like huge. And at one point, Linda and Bud got like interviewed um, at like some like symposium type looking thing. Um, I'd never heard of this one. So that's mm kind of cool. And someone asked if um, she reported this kidnapping. And you know what her fucking answer was? She said, and I quote, the kidnapping was legal because it had to do with national security. What the fuck, Linda? Linda. You got kidnapped. Respect yourself more than that. Seriously. The aliens aren't fucking worth it. Yeah. Um, so pushing on in November of 1991, literally two years later after this abduction, um, Linda went to go see a doctor who took an x-ray of Linda's head. They did this because Linda's past story of the bump in her nose and she said that she was having problems with it. Like problems breathing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This doctor was actually um, Lisa Bayer, who is Linda's niece. So she oh. knew her. Yeah. Um, so a few days after the x-ray, Linda got the results, but her niece, Lisa, didn't want to discuss it. Like, she just refused. It was like, no, I'm not doing it. Which is really weird Can to they me, do that? Apparently. <laughs> um, so Linda ended up sending the x-ray to Bud, and he sent it to a neurosurgeon. Um, this doctor was a friend of Bud's, and he said that there is an object in Linda's nose that, and I quote, looks like spiraling extensions that curl out away from her face. Um, you can actually see them on the x-ray, and it does look really weird. Like, it looks like there's, like, a Wait, you can, or something. Like, on the Googles? Yeah, on the Googles. Okay, hold on one second. I want to see this oh it's really weird right it like hooks almost yeah it looks like a like it looks like a fish hook it's just chilling around yeah like weird fish hook yeah so it is okay it, i looked at the x-ray and it does if it's like legit then it is really weird looking yeah um so apparently shortly after this linda was actually abducted again and during this abduction the implants in her nose were removed she had visited another nose doctor like a nose and throat specialist. Yeah. And um, in which that person, that doctor said there was no object there, but, and I quote, a ridge of built up cartilage um, was there and where it once had been embedded. So, so like cartilage grew around it? Y- yeah. So it was removed and cartilage grew around the trauma area to try wow. to heal it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my theory. The aliens heard everybody. It was like a like a camera or some shit, and they heard everybody talking about it, and they're like, shit, we gotta get this out there, you yeah. know? Abduct this bitch again and fucking yank it out of our nose. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is nuts. Yep. So now Dan, Richard, and Mystery... I'm calling a mystery man or mystery woman. Mystery human being, because we have no idea who this person is. Um, we're not the <gasps> it's only... It's an alien. It's an alien. We're not the only ones to see Linda get abducted. According to Bud Hopkins and Sean Mears who is a UFO abduction researcher, they have 23 witnesses on a public record. Wow. Stating they saw a woman being abducted on November 30th, 1989 from an apartment building. That's insane. Yeah. Um, one of these witnesses is Janet Kimball. Her name was changed for, for privacy, so that's not her real name, but I'm still going to use it. Okay. Um, Janet wrote a letter to Bud in the summer of 1991, so about a year and a half after the abduction. Bud actually never looked at the first letter until he received a second letter from the same address slash person. Um, that's, and the letter read, and I quote, confidential R.E. Brooklyn Bridge. But oh. yeah, my lights just flickered. Did you see that? I saw that. That was <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Aliens are listening to us. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, um, Bud opened the letter and Janet wrote that she found his address after finding his name in a bookstore. Um, she wrote that she was driving at 3 a.m. on the Brooklyn Bridge on November 30th, 1989. At one point, her car just randomly stalled, just like Dan and Richard's car. Weird. Janet saw an extremely bright floating object in the sky. She saw four figures in a fetal position come out of one of the apartment windows and get beamed up into the floating craft. Um, so now this, um, the trickster in the paranormal book stated some initial problems with this whole case. So I'm just going to go over like three of the initial problems and then I'm going to like give my thoughts onto it. Um, so one of these is Richard Dan and this mysterious VIP person have never been questioned or interviewed face to face. Um, they have only ever met Linda ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've only ever written, um, bud. That's it yeah mm-hmm. and apparently linda has like a photograph of one of them and stuff like that but the but only no f- one's seen it no one um hmm. number two is why is everyone writing to bud hopkins he isn't the only yeah, ufologist literally. on this planet that's literally one of their things it's like why that's one of the things i said like what are the odds of everyone going to him yeah and number three is those x-rays were done by linda's niece it can be mm-hmm. considered like sketchy like yeah but these are my thoughts on it. So for the first one, um, it is a good point that these men like refuse to be interviewed. No one has met them besides Linda. I understand like the mysterious VIP person and like if you, especially if he's like some huge political, he or she is some huge political figure. Yeah. Um, they don't really want to be like, huh, that person's crazy. Yeah. Saw no, exactly. aliens. I get that. But like if Richard and Dan are just like bodyguards learn it's like not a big deal you know what i mean so that's a bit weird to me yeah um number two about writing to bud hopkins um maybe he's the only one in that area as like a devil advocate or it's just a coincidence or he's maybe like one of the more well-known ones yeah and like when you google like i don't know alien expert like his name is one of the first to pop up yeah you know what i mean like well they don't have google back then but you know what i mean (laughs) and also maybe like um people have written like people that witnessed it also wrote other people like other true and they just never responded responded you don't know that's that's fair yeah Yeah. um but like at the same time it's such a huge case i feel like those people would come out and say something too but you never know um and number three medical is fucking expensive in the states so if you Mm -hmm. have like a family member to do shit for you for cheaper cost then by all means that's my argument on that one (laughs) it's so funny because each argument against the case is fair Mm -hmm. but then each of your arguments are also fair like we really don't know yeah and that's kind of what i love about alien stories in general is like we will literally never know until it happens to one of us or they take over the world and the thing that's what they're gonna take over the world trust me they're like these or blow us up because they they think we're all stupid because we are we are (laughs) (laughs) we are um and the, the crazy thing about it is like they have 23 witnesses that's what blew my mind is that many first of all why are that many people up at 3 a.m yeah bed like one of the (laughs) in november too like it's cold one of the Um, witnesses was like um from the new york post i believe it's called oh which was like like a credible source if you will there was three people that witnessed that the abduction from from that building and one of them was like a uh like a really good writer and he was um his backstory was like investigation and it's not like crime. any of these people knew her and were trying to like like boost her story or you know what i mean like yeah. they, they're not related at all yeah 
So, like, a lot of people speculate that this is just some, like, bullshit case, like, bullshit story. They just wanted money. Um, so, either Linda was making this all up and fooled, like, literally everyone but himself. Mm-hmm. Or Linda and Bud went on it together. You never really oh, know. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. they met before, right? Um, but I'll leave you with this quote from Linda. And this was from By Herself. She said this. And I quote, If I was hallucinating... Then the witness saw my hallucination. That sounds crazier than the whole abduction phenomenon. It's true. It's very true. It's true. Because, like, how many? 23 people all saw the same thing? 23. Like, and that that's not a quinky dink. I'm sorry. No. And those 23 people are on public record of saying they've seen it. I, I'm leaning towards that this happened because so many people came forward and said they saw this. Yeah. Now, whether or not it was, like, a... One of those things where, like, you know, the eye is tricked and they actually saw one thing, but it just looked like that. Yeah. I don't know. But the fact that 23 people saw the same thing. It's just a little sketchy. Yeah. I, I love alien stories. Yeah. That, that, I'm, I'm team. I'm When we do a poll, I'm going to vote yes. Yes. <laughs> All the alien stories. This one is, I kind of did this for my dad. Because he's like, hi, dad. He, he listens to every single episode and he's always, like, saying how awesome they are and all this stuff. But then... I never give him a UFO episode, so this one's for my dad because he loves UFOs. More of these, please. I like them. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I always lean towards I believe in aliens. Totally. 100p. Because, like, how are we the only living creatures in all of the universe? How? Yeah. I have no and idea. we're so dumb. Like, <laughs> we're destroying our planet, literally. Like, <laughs> we really are. Just for fun, too. Yeah. Okay, so with that, let's get into some tragedy. Some murdery. <laughs> is because my... Oh, also one thing nope i don't have anything never mind never, it's never, gone it's gone it just it left as soon as it hit my head it fucking dipped it was like you're stupid <laughs> goodbye <laughs> oh my god okay uh so this week is an unsolved case Ooh. we love unsolved I cases do love unsolved cases um it's actually quite sad um and it kind of shows the stigma that surrounds mental health and addiction and it just kind of broke my heart so i wanted everyone to suffer with me oh thank um, you appreciate you're it you're welcome uh, so today I'm going to be telling you about the tragic death of Jessica Johnson. Jessica Johnson was a beautiful 37-year-old woman from Horn Lake, Mississippi. Uh, her sister Kayla says, quote, she was always dressed up and really pretty and she knew it. Um, her other friend named Summer said, quote, she's fancy, glammed up and a diva. So this Love woman it. was just beautiful. Um, everyone said that she had this like magnetic energy and she was always a center of attention whenever she walked into a room. Uh, she was a single mother of two children, a son and a daughter, who she loved very much. She kind of had a rough go at life, so Jessica and her children lived at her parents' house. Although, according to quotes from friends and family, they didn't mind at all. They loved having their daughter and grandchildren around all the time, and it seemed like a really happy home environment. Um, Jessica's story is one we've heard many, many times before. Uh, she was an all-around wonderful girl, but she fell into the wrong crowd and began partying and using drugs at a young age. She became addicted and continued to struggle with drug abuse for her whole life. Uh, like many others, she wanted to get herself better, um, but she unfortunately didn't manage to do that before her untimely death. Oh, that's so sad. Um, so she was that? So she was using when she had kids, too? Or, like, while um, her kids were growing up, I should say. Not that. Yeah, so her dad said something along the lines of, like, she was a really great mother when she was healthy. Okay. But she had her, she her, her demons, downfalls. basically. Yeah. yeah, which, it's tough. It is. Um, 
So normally Jessica was very picky about who she dated and she remained mostly single for her adult years. Um, in the years leading up to her death, however, she dated two men that concerned her friends and family. Uh, one of the relationships ended, but after that, she moved on to Garland Hart, uh, who was just as worrisome as her ex. What's her his friends name? Just Garland? Garland? G-A-R-L-A-N-D. Like Garland. Christmas like, Garland. Yeah. I was going to go Judy, but sure. Oh, <laughs> True. I don't want to disrespect Judy like that. So. Fair. A oh, fair point. But also don't want to respect, disrespect Christmas like that. So let's just call him fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, dad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he was, uh, he was not a great guy. Uh, her friends described him as being narcissistic, controlling, and abusive. Uh, when they would ask her why she doesn't just leave him, she would say that he was helping her stay sober, despite the fact that he also ran with a rough crowd and appeared to be struggling with addiction himself. Uh, this was not straight up confirmed, but they kind of say things like he didn't have a house. He, he couch surfed with his friends. It was kind of, hinted. uh, he went to jail several times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, he seems to have his own demons at least we'll say that um jessica was really struggling with her sobriety so everyone thought it was just best to leave them alone despite their better judgment uh her mother said that garland was not her daughter's normal type she says quote i don't know i can't explain what she was attracted to i mean the crazy thing is jessica has never been attracted to men that that was tattooed up i love that they left it exactly how she said it that was tattooed up that was tattooed up. <laughs> she continues neither one of my girls have ever had any tattoos piercings or anything like that so she's saying he's kind of the polar opposite of her and not at all something she would normally gravitate towards okay. um but friends believe what attracted jessica to garland was the fact that he was just as messed up as she was or maybe even more so she wanted to fix him as so many of us want to do with our partners but she really should have just been focusing her energy on yeah. herself and again, um, that, that kind of circumstance, they both are kind of like, I don't want to say... Feeding damn, off of each other. Yeah, they're, they're down the same track, essentially. Yeah. So, so like, uh, I watch a whole lot of intervention. If I'm not watching true crime, I'm watching intervention. I live a dark life. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times, they think they're going to get sober together and all that, but they actually just, like, feed off of each other yeah. and make it worse. It's like 10 times worse. And do you know Intervention's mm. on Netflix? The last time I looked, it was only one season. Is there more? Oh, I have no idea. I just saw, like, the picture. Oh. I didn't actually look into it. I, I hope they put more. I fucking love intervention. Yeah. I find it so fascinating. I do love intervention. Uh, on Thursday, June 1st, 2017, Jessica and her boyfriend attended a house party or gathering of some sort. Uh, the owner of the home where the party took place noted that Jessica and Garland got into a verbal argument that night and she wanted to leave, but she was talked into staying and partying instead. Uh, normally, Jessica would text her mother all night to keep her updated on her whereabouts. That's so But cute. Linda had not... Oh, My I know. Heart. She's 37 years My old <laughs> and she still texts her mom I love that so about much. me. <laughs> um, she wasn't too worried because as I said, Jessica was a 37 year old woman, but after she woke up the next day and still could not reach her, Linda started to panic. Uh, we have she... two Lindas in this, our stories. I... Oh shit, eh? Yeah. Crazy. Unintended. Sorry. I had, cool. I had to pipe in. I was like, wow, I didn't Linda. think that until you said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was calling Jessica and all of Jessica's friends repeatedly, but another call came in that revealed her absolute worst nightmare. Uh, the county coroner called and let Linda know that her daughter was found dead of what he called an apparent suicide. Linda was in absolute disbelief. She said there's no way her daughter would leave her children behind like that. But the coroner explained further. Jessica was found by a postal worker doing her morning rounds. She was tied to a mailbox at the end of a long property, which just so happened to be the same property she was partying at. 
Um, she was tied by her neck with two shoelaces, although she did not have shoes on. Uh, and there were no shoes like around her. She was found less than five miles from her parents' home. So her death was officially ruled a suicide, but her family refused to believe that. Even as non-experts, her parents knew the crime scene was off. Now, in case you're wondering how they attended the crime scene while the coroner already had her body, don't worry, I got you. Uh, the postal worker who found her called for help and another nearby co-worker came to her aid. This second postal worker took photos of the scene, which is a little bit weird. Um, also but... illegal. Is it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. You can't do that. Oh, didn't know that. But he it was before the police got there. I don't know if that makes it any oh, less illegal. I thought they were like but... police were there. No, no. Oh. This So this was right when her body was found by the postal worker. Also, she like, called some dignity. Like... I know. That's why I thought it was really weird that that was like the, like call nine one one maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So that the postie who took the the picture uh, actually gave the picture the to the parents. The, My parents were posties. I'm I allowed to that, say it. I love that so much. The posties. <laughs> The posties. Um, fun fact, my parents met at our local, well, not our local anymore. They worked at the downtown postal office together. Canada I love Post. that so much. Cute, adorbs. Um, so yeah, they uh, ended up giving that picture to her parents. Um, so it ended up being really helpful as like gross as it was. Um, so in the picture, Jessica was found on her knees with her purse between her knees. Um, her hand was placed on her purse. So the mailbox is really short. It's only about hip height if you're standing up. And she was leaning up against it. She had strange injuries on her hands and arms that, to me, it kind of looked like gravel. Like, she was dragged down a driveway and it left, like, holes, like, rocks and stuff. Okay. Like, it looked... Yeah. They're online. Um, All of these pictures are online. If you are so inclined to Google, again, I'm probably not going to include... I don't feel comfortable including dead bodies, to tell you the truth, (laughs) in our picture posts. But these are really easy to find. And then there's um, me who's like, oh, take all these, like, axe murder pictures. It's fine. <laughs> it's black and white. It's fine. It's fine. I did post uh, spontaneous combustion. So, like, when I do do bodies, it's, like, yeah. real graphic. <laughs> and also, it, it, like, weirds me out that her hand is, like, reaching. It's kind of like she's reaching for something in her purse. I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, sorry. There's a theory behind it. No, don't be sorry. We love a good theory. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, she was found to have both meth and Xanax in her system. Really? Meth? Meth. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. There are several inconsistencies in the suicide theory, however, so I'm going to get more into that in just a little bit. Um, On her death certificate, County Coroner Jeff Pounders ruled her death as suicide caused by asphyxiation. Okay. However, the certificate also stated that no autopsy was performed. This is where we meet private forensic scientist named Dr. Maurice Godwin. Uh, he disagreed with the findings before ever meeting the Johnson family and offered his services to them to help her get proper justice. Oh, that's so nice um, of him. Yeah. Dr. Godwin um, has two decades of experience, which is now probably... Oh, no. We're in the same decade. Um, so he has two decades of experience working on high-profile murder investigations, including the Casey Anthony case. Oh, shit, eh? Big name drop. Um, when asked about the ruling on her death during an interview, he replied, quote, it should be homicide, but at least at the minimum, it needs to be changed to undetermined. And later, when asked if it was possible for a woman to hang herself from a mailbox, uh, he said, quote, I've stopped using that term hanged. I prefer to use the term tied to. Also, uh, um, th- the thing I've, I find like really sketchy about like them not doing an autopsy and like people who are in this field, correct me if I'm wrong can you determine that someone died from asphyxiation without doing an autopsy um 
Besides seeing, like, the bruise I think circumstantially, maybe. Um, So, I know... I I don't want to say who this is, but I know someone who passed away, and the family didn't want them to do a full autopsy. They didn't want them opened up. Yeah. So, they just did, like, a scan of the body to see if there was any signs of trauma of, like, a fight or, like, you know, an injury. So, they just look at, like, the skin, basically. Okay. And see if there's any bruising or anything. So, I don't know if that was the case in this, but I know that a family can say, don't cut them open. Oh, okay. I I don't know if that's across the board, but that's here. (laughs) I know if it's, like, initially, like, a murder investigation, then it's, like... It's always, there's always an autopsy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think this one was just, uh, like, a suspicious death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I don't know. This whole case, though, is really, really wonky. And um, allegedly, um, Dr. Godwin believes a partial autopsy was performed, even though uh, no autopsy was checked off. So to me, partial autopsy is what I was talking about, where they just kind of look at the surface. Yeah. So that may or may not have been performed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the one coroner says no, but this new private investigator one says yes. Okay. okay. This case is just fucked, though. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's so hard to tell. I think they're all wrong somewhere. Lots of flaws. Um, so one of the first things he noted when examining the crime scene was the placement of the laces around her neck. He said they were pressing on this sort of Adam's apple area with, quote, hardly enough pressure to cut off the airway. He also noted that if she did, in fact, hang herself with the shoelaces, they would have cut into her neck and left visible marks. But there were no marks noted in the photo or the autopsy. Dr. Godwin Mm. also believes that the way the knot was tied in the laces, it's not likely she tied it herself. He said the knot was very precise and it would be difficult to tie when it, when someone's like distressed and walking around in the dark. Yeah. So keep in mind, this is like two or 3 a.m. when she died. Yeah. Um, she was on drugs at a party, um, obviously upset. She'd gone into a fight with her boyfriend and she tied this like perfect little boy scout knot to a mailbox, to a house, to a mailbox. She's not familiar with. So there's fishy number one. Um, he also noted that the way she was laying indicates she may not have been alive when she was tied to the post. Uh, he says, quote, the majority of the force or pressure was on her cheekbone. Um, so, quote, she's alive supposedly when she sits down there. So she has to put up with that pressure on her jaw from the edge of that four by four post until she dies. Never happened, said Godwin. And he repeats never happen so what he's saying is if she was alive and she did in fact hang herself that means she would have had this wooden post digging into the side of her face until she stopped breathing Mm -hmm. um not likely like you're it's just not likely um you could you could hypothetically she did commit suicide you could want to die but also still not like your body would react to that pain you know what i mean whether or not you want to die you would still move away yeah um i moved away from the mic sorry if that sounded weird (laughs) i talk with my head (laughs) um uh, he also noted that this mark on her cheek was the same sort of indentation he would have expected to see around her neck but again that was absent around her neck Mm -hmm. so her face had more of an indent than her neck did which is allegedly what killed her weird so the sh- um, like the, he's kind of saying that what possibly killed her was actually wrapped around her cheekbone and not her neck no he's saying that she was probably dead when she was put there so he's saying that her weight was leaning on her cheek and not hanging down you know what i mean oh because so if she was strangle hanging, yourself yeah oh, okay. your pressure would lean i keep moving i'm so sorry if this sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so she would be sort of leaning her head forward if she were hanging yeah. herself but instead she was slumped to the side 
Oh, okay. So obviously not fucking suicide, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, we're only like two points in. We already know this is not right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So another valid point by this doctor. There were several trees in the area that she was found, and all of the branches were low enough for someone to fasten a noose to. Why hadn't she chosen one of these, and why this, like, short-ass mailbox that would have been near impossible to hang from? Um, a former police officer, Ro Moreno, joined this fight with Jessica's parents around the same time as Dr. Godwin. Uh, he said from day one that there is no way this is a suicide. His biggest argument is that the tiny mailbox simply could not hold the weight of a struggling hanging adult. Um, in a televised interview with Moreno, um, a television host actually pushes the mailbox just to show how weak it is. And it bent with ease under her weight. And she was like a really thin woman and she just kind of very lightly pushed it and it moved so there was no way you could try to strangle yourself on it without it like moving yeah it would have fallen over yeah he also made note of one glaringly obvious sign that this was staged her purse danielle already noted it yeah so as i mentioned above her purse was found between her knees with her hand resting on top if this woman hung herself she would have been struggling and sort of like thrashing around in a panic if you will um, she would not just gently be holding her purse or resting her hand on it. So unless it just happened to fall there after her death, this is a little bit weird to me. Like, yeah. Uh, and we ain't even done yet. It's a little bit so sketchy. he also noticed uh, that her hair was tangled in the shoelace. So it would have been pulling as she hung. And the, stri- the strings were actually tied over top of most of her hair. So it's like mm-hmm. someone just kind of like threw it around her head and didn't bother to like flip her hair out of it. If that makes sense. I don't want to be that person, but, like, I feel like she would have moved her hair if she was trying to kill herself. I don't want to be that person, but, like, it's Um, a thing. Well, uh, Officer Marino actually noted that people, especially women who are, like, notoriously neat with their suicides, would have adjusted the hair so that the string was closer to the skin. But also one of her friends noted that Jessica was, like, this glam, Barbie, like, beautiful woman. She wouldn't have, like... Her friend said if she were to kill herself, she would be wearing makeup. She'd have her hair done. Like, it wouldn't have been ugly at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, from a personal standpoint, like, they're saying that's not the route she would have taken. And then from, like, a professional police standpoint, traditionally, you would want the whatever object as close to your skin as possible to, you know, strangle you better. This is so weird to talk about. Yeah, it is very weird. (laughs) Um, and on the note of being, quote, neat, um, Jessica's mom also notes that her daughter was a drug addict and she would have taken the typical, quote, woman route out. Uh, she would have overdosed. Yeah. Um, she said, quote, if they would have told me that she had overdosed on Xanax, I think I might have believed that. Um, it's just which like I a totally... messy way. For... Yeah. And it's this weird thing. And I, so women are notoriously uh, neat. When they try to commit suicide, like, um, men will tend to go more for, like, shooting, hanging, stuff yeah. like that, whereas women are more, more likely to do, like, an overdose or something. And actually, there's a statistic somewhere. That word's really hard for me. Sorry. I love that. <laughs> Good job. You did great. There's, like, a, a a percentage of women who, like, leave suicide notes and then apologize for the mess that's what in the gonna, suicide I was note say, yeah like like women are so neat because they don't want people cleaning up after them. no that's exactly it there's there's actual stats on that yeah. um it's it's a really weird thing and, and it's really weird kind to of talk like about. misogynistic a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> it is really weird um, to talk about because it makes you sound like so it sounds, ugh, it sounds blunt, so bad. i guess is yeah. the word yeah i'm trying to be sensitive but it's a weird topic um 
so to make matters worse, uh, Jessica was cremated. Uh, there's nothing to exhume for further analysis. Um, all Dr. Godwin has to go on is a partial autopsy that may or may not have happened and some cell phone photos. Um, unfortunately, funerals are friggin' expensive and her family did what they could afford at the time, which was the cremation. They never expected Dr. Godwin and Roe Marino to step in to help them. Um, so around the time of her cremation, all of the evidence in the case was returned to Jessica's family, which is a big no-no for an allegedly, quote, open death investigation, as Horn Lake police call it. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, d- yeah, so it's it's a, an open investigation, and they gave the evidence back They're to like, the They're like, we don't need this anymore. We know what it is. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dr. Godwin examined this evidence and found something that he just couldn't believe was missed in the original investigation. And let me tell you, I also could not believe that this was missed in the investigation. Jessica's shoes were found inside the house where she was partying at without laces. Um, when Dr. Godwin took a closer look, he found blood spatter on the shoes. DNA samples were never taken. How do you get blood spatter on your shoes when you weren't fucking wearing them? Whose blood? Why? How did it get there? Why was it not looked at? Was Jessica bleeding at the party and then she grabbed her laces from her shoes and just like left barefoot? Was it someone else's blood? Did she maybe get into a fight and scratch her boyfriend? Was it his blood? Like there's so many questions and no one looked into him. Um, That's baffling. I cannot believe that. Another glaring flaw, um, her purse strap that was found between her knees had actually been broken it takes quite some force to break the metal on a purse strap i know this because my dog just broke mine like two weeks ago <laughs> he's 140 pounds okay so that's how much it takes to break a purse strap um to me this sounds like she was involved in a struggle and someone maybe like grabbed her purse and yanked yeah um perhaps on the driveway where maybe gravel marks would i don't know show up on her arms and hands who knows um and the biggest what the fuck moment of all in this case the shoelaces jessica allegedly used to hang herself have gone missing how do you how that's like the prime police evidence evidence missing in an open case some clothing was also missing from the scene but there's no notes on what evidence they would hold things like a sweater and like a belt or something like that um just went missing uh to further suspicions police noted that the house had a security camera pointed right at the mailbox reminder the homeowner was her abuses abusive boyfriend's best friend a reporter from crime watch daily went to this house the owner refused to speak on camera but said that police had never asked for access to his camera if this is true why the heck not um you literally the have fo- video evidence yeah why didn't he turn it in You know what I mean? If they didn't ask, why wouldn't you just be like, hey, I have this? Because I'm hiding Um, something. I'm an asshole. That's why. So, literally, um, my next sentence, the best friend was also really sketchy. (laughs) um, And he changed his story a few times. First, he said the police never asked to see the footage. Then he said there was no footage to show them. Then he said the camera was off and not working. Then he said there was footage and he looked through it, but there was nothing on it. And then he said he allegedly recorded over the footage. But then he said he never watched it at all. Do you know what that is? So, what is it? That's guilty. That's, that's, that's guilty some as fuck. Big ass lying right there. Um, the homeowner also made a comment about Jessica and Garland's state around the time of her death. The couple had been staying at his house for two days prior to the incident. He said he hadn't seen the two of them together in months. It was surprised when she showed up at her door with Garland. Um, he said, I, oh, showed up at his door with Garland. Uh, he said everything seemed fine and normal until the Thursday, which was the day of the party, when the couple got into a massive fight that resulted in Jessica locking herself in the bathroom to hide from Garland. Jessica called a friend and begged her to pick her up from the house, but as we all know, she later changed her mind. 
Although, according to this friend, it was Garland and not Jessica who met her in the driveway and told her to leave. He said that Jessica was acting irrational and that the friend should leave for her own safety. The friend stayed for 45 minutes because she didn't trust this asshole, but then she left after Jessica told her it was okay. I would have so this is very different right into that fucking house and been like give me my friend you little dude that's exactly shit. what i thought i was like danielle would never <laughs> i would never ever she ever. would drive through the house before she left i would show up with a fucking hatchet <laughs> yeah no literally but that's very different to the initial statement of uh they had just gotten into a verbal argument then got over it like there's a difference between a verbal yeah. argument and having to lock yourself in a bathroom to hide yeah that's that's not that's not sketchy i don't want to say a normal argument but it's not a normal argument Uh, yeah if you have to lock yourself away because you're scared that's not normal no um and there's another critical piece of evidence that no one has been able to look into jessica's cell phone the phone is locked and family has been unable to break their way in they should give it to danielle yeah but linda wonders (laughs) linda wonders why her fingerprints weren't used to open it by police before she was cremated a valid point i don't know if that's something that police typically do Mm -hmm. but like logically in my head it makes sense um on the day her body was found jessica's son received a text from his mom's phone at 3 29 a.m according to dr godwin the state of jessica's body indicated that the text the text was sent either directly before or directly after she died um so she he thinks she died around 3 3 30 and this text came in at 3 29 what did she have an iphone I, it doesn't specify it doesn't, okay. um so did someone take her phone and send that text who knows um as for the context of the messages there was no signs that she was planning on taking her life the message simply said that she was spending she would be spending the rest of the day with quote g which is most likely her dickbag boyfriend yeah um the homeowner of the house also claims to have received a text from Jessica where she said she, quote, didn't want to feel pain anymore, which he su- assumed was related to her taking her own life. A friend close to Jessica, however, disputed these claims. Uh, Summer, who I had mentioned earlier, claimed she read the text and said, quote, to me, it was just she was just frustrated, not that she wanted to leave this world, meaning be with her ex-boyfriend. So what she's saying is she took it as Jessica wanted to end the relationship and not her life. Yeah. Yeah. So she she probably said something about, I'm done. You know what I mean? Along those lines kind of thing. It's, yeah. It's a text message. You can't interpret it a certain way. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's absolutely fair to think if it was something as vague as I'm done to think that, oh, maybe she's going to kill herself. But it's also, it could also just mean she's done with her dickbag boyfriend. Yeah. Um, to play devil's advocate here, uh, witnesses at the party claim to have seen Jessica threatening to kill herself that night. Um, this was never told to police, however, for some sketchy reason. Um, the homeowner says, quote, one of my roommates told me that she was out in the driveway and pulled the shoestrings out of her shoes and was threatening it. And he basically just kind of shrugged it off and told her, you know, get out of here with that. I don't want to hear it and shut the door on her. But again, the shoes were found inside the house. And also so, it's the homeowner saying that and he's a dirtbag. Yeah so yeah um he says that this is around six o'clock thursday evening and after that nobody reportedly saw jessica again until the mail carrier found her around 10 a.m or so so she went missing from 6 p.m to 10 a.m on the same property allegedly hung herself on that property and no no one one saw it and also like if you're arguing i feel like even at a party i've been into a i've been at a party i've hosted a party and there's been a couple arguing and (laughs) it's like it's my time of the month. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not something that's, like, just ignored. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everyone, oh, no, people notice. Yeah, yeah. people notice. And, like, oh, we notice. everybody <laughs> that was at that party and you saw that argument happening and you did not help her, mm-hmm. you're fucking So, asshole. to me, to me, this sounds kind of like, for lack of a better term, a crack house. Um, he said that there was, like, uh, I say it somewhere later on, but there's, like, six to 12 people there at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, people are coming in and out at all hours of the day. Okay. And no one saw this. So there should be someone that actually saw it. Yeah, there if should. She be. did kill herself. I think the I people think who saw it though probably did it. Yeah. Um, oh, literally, my next sentence was about the people coming in. <laughs> That's so funny. I read. Um, so the homeowner ends up saying, "Quote: Whatever happened to her? It didn't happen here." Mm. Mm. Um, he told reporters that he believes the death was suspicious as well, but there's no way that his BFF Garland could ever be involved. Of course not. He's such a good person. Yeah. Um, another person. that one was a slow burn um another person fighting in garland's corner is garland's girlfriend wait wait another girlfriend what a second girlfriend two women were dating this man at the same time watch your back sis because uh, yeah. you might be hung well, up to the oof. next mailbox uh, just hold on girl oh god uh anyways uh she claims that he came to her house just before sunrise on Friday morning and stayed with her for several days after that. They tried to use this as an alibi, but if Jessica was killed around 3, 3.30 a.m., this doesn't quite add up. Sunrise is not at 3 a.m. Really? Who knew? Um, not her. <laughs> so this isn't really related to the case, but I just had to add it, and it goes with what you just said. Um, reporters asked his girlfriend where to find Garland for an interview, and she told them he was set to appear in court that day for a domestic abuse charge from when he abused her. Oh, oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, sweetie. Oh, hon. Oh, man. So reporters found him at the courthouse and he issued this statement. Quote, I love Jessica. Anybody that knows me would know I could never do that to her. Garland Hart told Crime Watch Daily. Uh, he says he voluntarily went in for police questioning and has fully cooperated with the investigation. Police have never named him or anyone else as a suspect in the Jessica Johnson case. So how could investigators let so much evidence slip through the cracks? <laughs> Why was it so fast you to slap so a mad, suicide? Like, I'm so mad. <laughs> Uh, why is it so fast to slap a suicide ruling on a case with so many flaws it's i saw the pictures i am not an expert i know she didn't do it no i looked at the pictures and guys just they're gruesome but you got to go look at it because this case is there's no way um so quote here from mr gar or godwin sorry not garla and fuck him um quote i think it's her lifestyle and who she was hanging with says dr godwin godwin believes her drug use likely changed the direction of the investigation though she did not overdose the coroner again says that she did have methamphetamines and xanax in her system when she died and uh dr godwin continues quote and if this had been a college female or a housewife with no background of anything found on a mailbox oh you would never hear the end of it true um i hard agree with that i think that you know they saw the drugs in her system she probably there's no confirmation of this but if she was an addict i'm gonna guess that the police were familiar with her mm-hmm. um and they just went eh, another addict killed herself or they know, you of, know what like, i mean the house they know that yeah house. no that's exactly yeah so they were just lazy they were like eh, yeah. she killed herself whatever um, and like that's so fucked because like like taking drugs and doing drugs and being that person does not make you a bad person no it's like no it's that's disgusting that people can say that especially someone like jessica like there are definitely bad people who do drugs of course but 
the, for every bad person, there's a Jessica. Jessica really wanted to better yeah. herself. She was a fantastic mother. She loved her kids. Um, she just fell through the cracks a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a shame that they look at people like that. You know what I mean? Like, eh, another crackhead out the window. Um, she she deserves justice. I don't believe she killed herself. Anyone with information about this case is asked to contact the Horn Lake Police Department at 662-393-6174. I wanted to put that in there because it is still an open case. Um, they're still not calling it a homicide, but it is still an open death investigation. Also, why are we um, calling them? They can't do their job anyways. Fair point. If I could find her mama's number, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, so we my have theory, to solve her case. We have to. Yeah. My theory is very obviously she didn't kill herself. No. Um, I don't know how she died. I don't think she intentionally ended her life. My gut leads towards Garland having something to do with it. Um, but another theory I thought up of is like, uh, so it, it's very common when addicts quit drugs and then go back. They tend to overdose on the first try because they're used to taking X amount and X amount is now too much. Yeah. So my thought is maybe she overdosed at the party and they were all too scared to call the cops. And that was their way of dealing with it. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying she was murdered, although I would believe it. I'm just saying I don't think she killed herself. It could have been accidental. It could have been a cover-up. But there's just, there's yeah. no way she killed herself. We're saying it's not a suicide, but we don't know what it is and we're not naming names. <laughs> but yeah, so unfortunately open, unsolved. Um, I would love to see this case get justice. Yeah. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it very much bothered me. That's like one so of the main... So now I'm bothering you guys. That's one, that This case is fucked because that's one of the main reasons why I will not be cremated. Also, because this is another fun fact, I don't want to be cremated because if there's ever a zombie apocalypse and I'm dead, oh you bet God. your ass I want to come out of that fucking grave <laughs> and pull, like ruin people. So. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I used to want to be cremated. Um, and it's such a stupid reason. I'm claustrophobic, very much so. And the thought of, like, being in a coffin freaks me out, even though I'd be dead. Yeah. Like, I know it makes no sense logically, but you just made me almost want to be buried. Yeah, because you come back <laughs> as a zombie and it'll be great. That's pretty fucking awesome. See, then there's my there's mine where I'm like, I'm terrified that I'll be put into the little oven to be cremated and I'll wake up and then I'll burn to death. That's, That's my... awful, too. Yeah. But the, that case is absolutely fucking nuts that's yeah, just mind-blowing and just so many flaws it's just so disappointing yeah it's a lot of it, it's a lot of mistakes that shouldn't have happened and yeah obviously a lot of people don't feel like it's a suicide and i am thinking it's not a suicide and i am... i definitely don't think it is yeah i i think if it's not a murder if she wasn't murdered then my best theory is that perhaps she overdosed and they just freaked out and wanted to cover it up yeah i mean you can say that now but like don't give them any ideas because now they're gonna run with that fuck don't listen to this at police at police <laughs> wherever the fuck you are uh, speaking of ats yeah at us yeah if you want to come talk to us about this crazy unsolved case and help us solve it or if you want to talk about ufo abductions because those are pretty fucking rad too yeah you can find we got us- a lot to talk about yeah we have a lot to talk about this week and i'm excited for it um you can find us at a spooky hour podcast which is on instagram you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us at the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com i just wanted to say thank you to everyone that's been tuning in and listening in because you guys are absolutely warming our cold dead hearts so much i just want everyone to know that i looked over on um the video 
FaceTime thing that we're on, and Holly has a, a Christmas mug cup <gasps> in our video. Exposed. And it's warming my cold. It's the at heart. only travel mug I have. I'm sure it is. Nope. It is. It's Christmas and you love it. Fuck off. <laughs> Halloween's better. Stay spooky. Okay, bye. We love you. Stay spooky. Bye.